Last week, Rebecca, the VP of Customer Success from E2 Open, joined me to talk about how they are unleashing business potential across supply chains everywhere. If you missed that episode, go and check it out under podcasts at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 98. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Things are really starting to ramp up here at Let's Talk Supply Chain. This week, I'm on a panel discussion with the procurement Foundry. Last week, I did a LinkedIn live recording with Daniel Stanton. That's right. Mr. Supply Chain and I got together to talk about our 10 tips across all social media platforms for supply chain professionals. So this week's episode is a little bit different because I am sharing that recording with you so that my community and listeners get their chance to listen to what we did on Daniel Stanton's page last week. Also last week, I recorded a podcast episode with Brian Glick of chain.io and I cannot wait for you to hear that one and I'm working on a brand new exclusive series with the guys over at Supply Chain Now. So stay tuned, stay up to date. If you want to know what's happening, sign up for the newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. Again, I don't have a question of the week for you this week because we took a hiatus over the holidays, but we will be back in full session for Listener's Corner in next week's episode. So stay tuned for that question of the week and make sure that you weigh in on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram every single Wednesday morning as we pose those questions and we start discussions within that community. It says sending data and online. We are live on LinkedIn Live, Sarah. Awesome, awesome. Well, welcome everybody to our LinkedIn Live. I still can't see it, but hopefully all of you guys can see it. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm, we, you know, Daniel and I, on my side. you can see it on your side. Awesome. Awesome. You're now live and I can see it on my other monitor. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Daniel, Daniel and I are super, super excited to have you guys a part of our LinkedIn live today. And we're going to be talking about the top 10 social media tips. And uh, so we are looking forward to chatting about that. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Any comments, questions that you have, make sure that you type those in. Daniel can see it. I can't. So once we've got some questions, he'll be able to bring those into the conversation. But before I turn it over to him, I mean, I don't know who knows, uh, who doesn't know about Mr. Supply Chain. But if you don't know about Daniel Stanton, let me tell you a little bit more about him. So Daniel Stanton is a top influencer in the global logistics and supply chain management community. He is also a best-selling author of the supply chain management for dummies from Wiley and has published 10 popular courses on LinkedIn Live. He is among the top 1% of logistics and supply chain professionals on LinkedIn and has over 35,000 followers. Wow, Daniel, that is amazing. Well, thanks, sir. I, I got to say, you know, it's it, it's such it's such a cool part of working in the supply chain, right? Is that we can use social media to reach out to 
a huge number of people and make these connections around the world that, you know, just a few years ago, you, you really, you couldn't build these networks. You couldn't leverage them and use them to help one another. Um, and that just, you know, for, for me, that's part of what's so exciting about living in 2020 and, and working in this industry. Absolutely. Um, let me flip that around because I'm not sure that all the folks in my world have yet had the opportunity to get to know Sarah. Um, and, and the the running joke is I call her supply chain Sarah. Uh, Sarah is a supply chain and logistics professional who's really become this social media expert. Um, so she she produces a huge amount of content, works with a lot of companies to get their messages out there as a marketer for the industry. Um, so she hosts a podcast called Let's Talk Supply Chain. Um, you've, you're, you've got your, your YouTube channel, which is The Trade Squad, right? Well, so the, the YouTube show is called The Trade Squad. The YouTube channel is called The SC Supply Chain TV. Got it. And one of the things that I love about the work that you're doing is you do a lot of work around women in supply chain and highlighting, you know, the, the women that, that do so much and have roles across our profession and oftentimes get overlooked and, and really deserve the credit for um, so much of the, the great stuff that's happening right now. Absolutely. And thank you. I mean, it's just great to be able to provide that platform just so we can learn and listen from each other and, you know, just, you know, find out what their challenges were and how they overcame them. And I learned so much from these women. It's just an honor for me to be able to provide that platform. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank you. That's awesome. Absolutely. So let's talk about why. Why are we doing this, Daniel? All right. So, um, for, the, for, for all of uh, our friends who are listening, right, I'll, I'll kind of set it up. And Sarah and I were talking a, a few weeks ago and, and kind of strategizing around 2020. And a, a lot of people, you know, get in that mode at the end of the year. What worked in 2019? What should we be doing differently or more of in 2020? And a lot of the conversation kept coming back to social media and what's working and what's changing and how can we use it to help more people, to reach more people? How can we help other people use it? And we realized that actually it didn't make a lot of sense for us to be having the conversation just between the two of us. Yeah. What we, <laughs> what we really should do is make it a bigger conversation and include all of you in it. Um, so really, I, I think it boils down to four reasons why supply chain professionals need to care about social media and need to figure out how to get engaged um, and, and the first one is, it, it's really an amazing way to build your professional network with colleagues all around the world. The second, it's an amazing way to learn, right? In a field that is changing so quickly, mm -hmm. it is so broad to begin with. Social media is a, a great way to, to pick up new skills. The third one, it's a great way to share what you know, right? I mean, all of us bring stuff to the table that can help other people. And social media is a great way to get that out there so that you can kind of pay it forward or in some cases pay it backward, right, to, to the next generation. Um, and the fourth one is just that if you do it right, it's fun, right? It, Absolutely. It, 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 it engage with other people and it can be energizing and rewarding and fulfilling. So with all of that as a setup, it is time for us to get down to business. It is. We, we picked out our 10 best tips for supply chain professionals for social media. Sarah, let's start with how do you choose your platforms? Well, yeah. I mean, Daniel, how do you choose your platforms? There are so many out there. I mean, come on. I don't know, but it makes my head spin a little bit sometimes. But for me, I keep it to about a top three, and we're going to talk about those. Um, and we're going to talk about the different platforms. I mean, TikTok is one that just came out and is going crazy, and people are all talking about it. We're going to get to that one in just a minute. But how do you choose your platforms? Where do you want to be? Well, it also comes down to where you feel the most comfortable, right? There's a lot of people that really like Twitter. And then there's a lot of people that really get overwhelmed by Twitter because Twitter can get kind of overwhelming with Twitter chats and things like that. But it also sparks really engaging conversations 
And, you know, people are commenting really quickly and the conversations just explode. I mean, I was in a conversation last weekend about football. I mean, I don't like football too much, but the conversation, you were kind of part of that, Daniel, and the conversation just exploded. I think Scott from Supply Chain Now started it. And it turned into all sorts of things. It turned into what uh, conferences we're going to next. And it, we talked about Canadian football because I said I didn't like fo- football, but I had been a part of Canadian football at one and, point. So and we made fun of curling. We did. Yeah. <laughs> we made fun of curling because I said that uh, because our football kind of sucks. We have <laughs> hockey and curling. I mean... Those are just two of the things that uh, were, oh, and basketball. I did say we were good at basketball. I mean, we won the championship, but anyways, enough of that. Um, so Twitter is one of them, but I think with Twitter, you have to spend time on it. You really need to be able to um, spend a lot of time because it happens very, very quickly. People are talking really quickly. They're posting, they're engaging, they're commenting. And so you really need to be on your game when it comes to Twitter. Um, LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my go-to. I spend most of my time on LinkedIn. It is amazing for B2B. Um, It's amazing for building your community, your network. I mean, look at what we're doing today on LinkedIn Live. I mean, we are connecting with so many people. All these people are saying hi, hi back to you. Thank you for joining us. And it really is just a big community. I mean, I post questions every Wednesday and we get discussions. I think two weeks ago, I had like 99 comments on this one question because people were meeting other people in supply chain. They were commenting, starting dialogue. We were having conversations and it was amazing. So LinkedIn is another one. Um, Facebook, I don't actually use too much either from a business standpoint or a personal standpoint. Um, I use Instagram more than I do uh, Facebook, but again, it's really up to preference. Some people really like Facebook. Um, Instagram, I'm going to tell you a funny story. I mean, with Instagram, I don't even think we need business cards anymore (laughs) because I was introduced on Instagram through a video to somebody else. So who knows? It might be the death of business cards by using Instagram, but only time will tell on that one. What do you think of those four so far, Daniel? I, I think it's a great idea. I, I totally agree with you that, I, you know, um, first of all, you can't, you can't use all of the social media platforms because we have real work we have to do. And uh, I, I noticed in the comments, a, a few folks even mentioned that, right? There's yeah. new ones every day you can't keep up with. Um, but the other thing that I'd say is, um, you know, figuring out which ones kind of fit your style, right? Yeah. In, in terms of, um, you know, how you like to share and how you like to receive information. The truth is, you know, the way you get information from Twitter versus the way you get it from LinkedIn are very different, right? Twitter, you know, tends to be very short, very catchy. You don't have a lot of depth, but you can do a, a lot of fun stuff with uh, GIFs, right? Yes, uh, you can. Okay, <laughs> I really like that about Twitter. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you there, but the GIFs, that that is a gift to a conversation, <laughs> right? Um, but um, and and the other thing that I notice, at least among you know my, the supply chain community on Twitter, is there really is this mix of what I'll call more clear cut professional stuff and a little bit of personal stuff. Great example is the whole um, uh, college uh, football and curling conversation this weekend. That was all on Twitter. We wouldn't have had that conversation on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's, there are differences to them. And, it, it, you know, I, I think people kind of gravitate towards um, the, the ones that, that they're the most comfortable with. Absolutely. And then you've got the new ones like TikTok, which are more video-based. Um, I think you really have to do some different things, but they provide you with the tools. I personally haven't used it, um, but I know that my nephews are really into it. So from a business standpoint, I don't really know how well that's going to really transition into business, but I know for personal TikTok is is a good one. And I think you were also talking about Reddit. Yeah. So um, in preparation for, for this show, I, I know both of us went through this, that we found young people in our lives and said, hey, 
I'm doing a, a LinkedIn live about social media. And at least in my case, my niece kind of took me to school and said, um, uh, I get all of my news and all of my cat videos from Reddit. Um, and, and I had spent like <laughs> all cat videos. time on Reddit, but so I, I went ahead and just in the last couple of days, I've been experimenting with it and, and trying to get, you know, a sense and a feel. And, um, I'll tell you, my initial reaction off of Reddit is, yeah, maybe. Um, you know, I can see that there are some people that are having having real conversations, um, but like I, I'm seeing places, uh, you know, specific example around folks that are doing certification stuff, right? And somebody had asked a question about, you know, where could I get uh, free resources to help me do my project management professional exam? And I posted a link to LinkedIn Learning because you can take the classes there and get PDUs. And a lot of students in university get access through the school. A lot of people get access through the public library here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I, I can take those classes for free because of the library. Because of that post where I answered the question and provided a link, I am now permanently banned from ever contributing to the project management subreddit. And so I look at that and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, it's fine. You can have your rules, but it, it, I, I don't see how this is going to be a terribly constructive conversation because I'm not able to contribute. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, on the flip side of that, so that was me, you know, really trying to do something that I thought was useful and helpful and, you know, provide the context so that it, it doesn't come across as, you know, purely commercial or a pitch. And genuinely, I think that was a useful answer. But then there were other places that I found people um, posting illegal copies of copyrighted materials, right? Or, you know, talking about exam questions, which is absolutely prohibited. And so I think that's part of it, too, is figuring out which, which communities, which social media sites um, are appropriate <laughs> for, you know, the kind of person and the kind of professional that you want to be as well, right? Because the, the rules frame how those conversations are going to go. So just quickly, Derek came back and said that you can use GIFs in DMs on LinkedIn, but not in the thread. And I have to say, I like using them in a thread. Um, he also said that TikTok is a good way to start your brand because it's new and not everybody's doing it. So it's easier to get in. So those are really great points. And then Steve asks you what you think of Instagram, Daniel. So I do not have a strong opinion about Instagram, right? I mean, this is, I, I have played with it and I, I don't know if it's just, you know, the way that my brain works. I'm not as maybe somehow that one isn't as comfortable for me, but I'll tell you, um, my wife uses it all the time. Right. And, and I know other folks in the community that do as well. Um, the, the supply chain queen, uh, Sherry, yeah. uses it quite a bit right yeah. um but you know for for me i think maybe i'm just more comfortable with text and words not that i don't like pictures but it, I, I just uh yeah i find it easier to communicate the stuff i'm trying to communicate with text well and we're going to talk a little bit more on how to use that in a little bit so let's get to point number two i'm going to throw that over to you it's about finding your tribe talk to us about that yeah, well, I mean, that could be a, a great conversation, except, I, you know, I'm looking at the list of folks that are here and like, you guys are the tribe, yeah, right? Exactly. The tribe showed up today. Um, so, I, it, you know, building your professional network is about finding people that you have something in common with that you can learn from. Um, part of figuring out who your tribe is really is, well, you know, what platform are you on and what platform are they on? Right. Because right. you have to be in the same place. So to a large extent, my tribe really revolves around LinkedIn, right? That that's kind of my, my social media home. Um, uh, one of the things that I have gotten more and more comfortable in it, you know, it, a few years ago, I've been on LinkedIn what we, I, I just sent you a note about this. I think I got on LinkedIn in like 2006. Yeah, I think I'm about the same. 2004, 2006, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, for the longest time, it was just a place to have a resume. And then, you know, as I would 
bump into people. You know, I might send them an invitation, which in those days was really a, hey, you ought to create a profile on this platform, right? right? Um, and then over time, it, it there was kind of more of a critical mass. And as I'd bump into people on project or whatnot, um, I'd send them a, a, a LinkedIn invite and then we'd get kind of connected. And then somewhere it switched and it really um, became, hey, this is somebody that has an interesting background. We have some things in common. We, we worked in the same place. We have some common interests. I'm just going to send them a LinkedIn invite because I want to, you know, create that relationship for, for whatever it is. And I'd also flip so that when I would get invitations from people that I hadn't met before, as long as I could see that there was, you know, something that we had in common, um, then I'm glad to have them in my network as well. Absolutely. So that, you know, that on Twitter, that isn't an issue, right? You can basically follow anybody and anybody can follow you. On LinkedIn, there's that little bit of a filter, but I've become a, a lot less inhibited about who I'll send an invite to and, and who I'll, I'll accept one with from. Um, yeah. And uh, of course, that's had the effect of, you know, kind of spinning the flywheel and growing the network and building that tribe. Um, yeah, I'm going to step in here real quick because LinkedIn has really helped me build those virtual relationships. Like I can tell you, um, you know, one of my sponsors for the show, I have never met him. He's been my sponsor for a couple of years. We've had a couple of podcast episodes, but we have never met. But we engage on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is just a great profile. I have really met some amazing people in my tribe on LinkedIn that I have never met in person and may never will. But we, you know, we have conversations, we have thought provoking conversations. You know, there's also that etiquette that I think we're going to talk about a little bit later, but you know, we go back and forth and we have great conversations and we message and we help each other out. And again, We've never met each other. So I think LinkedIn is huge for that. And also, I just want to shout out to Michael Cadio because he says that in 2020, personal brand development is actually probably the biggest thing that people need to focus on. So looks like we're doing the right thing here today, Daniel. What do you think? <laughs> well, and, and I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, you talk about creating these virtual relationships and then meeting folks in person. And um, Felicia is on from Penn State. And that was exactly it. We've been connected on LinkedIn and talked. And then we got to meet at CSCMP this year, right? Awesome. And, and I'm finding more and more of those cases where I meet somebody online, um, but then we actually get to spend time together at, at a conference somewhere. So about. if you're at a conference and you kind of see somebody, you're like, I know them. Where do I know what? them from? It might be from their picture on LinkedIn. <laughs> and then, you know, do you go up to them? Don't you go up to them? And you're like, um, <laughs> are you so-and-so from LinkedIn? I just want to introduce myself. Um, all right. So so that was the second tip. Build your, Find your tribe. The third one, Sarah, back to you. How do you, yeah. you engage with others on social media? Yeah, and I think part of that tribe is to create hashtags. I, I just mentioned Michael Cadio. He's really good at doing that. I created a hashtag around my YouTube show called The Trade Squad, which is hashtag Trade Squad. And I think the hashtags really bring people together. So you can use these hashtags in, um, and you can actually search the hashtags. And so you can follow conversations that are using that hashtag. It brings the community together under one umbrella, either procurement or trade squad or supply chain minute or supply chain management. I mean, supply chain management, supply chain are a little bit more broad. If you're looking for specific communities, um, you know, really research and search for those specific hashtags that you can follow and then engage in those specific conversations. I, I don't know if you can hear it. Derek is shouting hashtag supply chain ninja. Yes, yes he is. <laughs> yes, 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 he is. Well, Derek, Derek is great. Derek and I had a conversation um, about a week or so ago and some of the graphics that he comes up with, he does a, he does a, I don't know if it's just a Friday, but it's it, he comes up with some really great, funny, funny um, uh, graphics for his LinkedIn posts that are very thought provoking as well. And he's 
tied in his community with that hashtag supply chain ninja. And so, you know, people are doing it and you can find them and it's really going to tie those communities together. So have fun with them, right? Steal it with a hashtag is what I'm going to say anyways. <laughs> so now we go to the next one and that's engaging with others. And I think this is a fun one because you and I have talked about etiquette, you know, how far do you go with your comment? Do you say that you don't agree with them? And how do you say you don't agree with them? But I think we, before we get into that, let's talk about, I think that, you know, we really want to hear from everybody, right? I talk about collaboration being the future of business. We don't know what we don't know. And I think that we really want to hear from others when we're posting, right? Whoever is the author of that post really wants to hear from the community that they've built around them what they think. It doesn't mean that I always want to be right. You know, don't always comment and say I agree with you. Um, but let's have that conversation. If you don't agree, why don't you agree? And maybe you're going to change my perspective and we're going to see things from different points of view. So commenting is really, really, really big. And I think that's where people take a big misstep, don't you think? It, it absolutely can be. Absolutely can be. It, but And... You know, the, the thing that I'd say, you know, going back to why do you engage with social media? Why do you do social media stuff at all, right? Well, part of it is so you can learn, right? And it goes back to the, you know, two ears and one mouth, right? So if all you're ever doing is talking, um, it, it, it's not very interesting to engage with that, right? right. Um, but if you throw stuff out and then be quiet for a little while so that people can, can uh, respond, well, then you really get some interaction. I, I you know, it it, uh, it brings to mind one of my posts, um, e either over the weekend or yesterday. Uh, Jennifer Smith from the Wall Street Journal um, wrote, wrote an article about uh, how there's basically really slow economic growth in the logistics sector everywhere except e-commerce. Um, I think it was a good article. I think it, it was well written. There was interesting data. But what's great about social media is then you can put it up there and say, you know, here's what I think it says. Now, what does your world look like? Um, and um, my friend Jason Shanker, one of my favorite quotes of all time is the plural of anecdote is data. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when you start getting all of these anecdotes from different people that kind of confirm it, you go, OK, that's actually data. That tells me something about uh, what's going on there. Absolutely. One of the things, though, that I, I will say is a, a misstep that, that I, I see too often on social media is folks that are being um, not just critical, but but um, uh, e even negative. And yeah. I, like this is totally acceptable on Facebook sometimes and on Twitter where you can insult people and you can... Um, put them down or say that they're wrong. But I'll say on, on LinkedIn, which is a professional environment, when I see people doing that, I just got to look at them and like, why would you think if, if you're putting that out there, would anybody ever want to hire you, work with you, hire your company? If you're comfortable, you know, saying things that are that negative or, or getting your point across in that way, um, you you really are um, positioning yourself badly. Um, right. and, and I'll say that there have even been, um, so in my own feed, I curate it. And, and if I see somebody putting stuff out that I think is inappropriate for their sake and for mine, I have no hesitation anymore deleting it, right? There, there, there was a time in my life that if somebody, you know, I, I sort of thought, you know, everybody has a right to say what they want, and that's fine. Anymore, it's, if it's on my feed, and I think what you're saying is inappropriate, the rest of the folks in my tribe don't need to see that. I've got a responsibility to, to keep it uh, on the right level. Um, you do have a good point there. No, no, no. I'm just saying we do have a responsibility for that. So it's kind of a two-way street. That's you know, right. if if somebody is, and there's a way to do it. We're not saying that we don't want, you know, people to comment on how they're feeling about something, but there is a way to go about it so that we are, 
keeping things positive and not delving into that sort of negative spiral. And I had the same thing on a post a couple of weeks ago where one of the guys didn't agree with me. He said that I should have been more encouraging rather than scaring people from being entrepreneurs, <laughs> and, which was great. And I went back to him and said, well, and, and, but then he told me how I should rewrite my posts. And I was like, well, that's not negative. And I appreciate the feedback and I'll consider doing an, a, a, a secondary post, you know, following up from there, maybe in that, in that realm and in that light. But I have to say, so one of the people earlier said that they love the haters because it, it ups their engagement. So I don't know, I guess to each their own. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. It's, I, you know, for, for me, it's not all about ratings. Right? I, I want to have a quality conversation. Yeah. Um, but, um, but you, you know, it, it reminds me of the old saying that you praise in public and you criticize in private, right? Yeah. And, and what I have done a few times is, you know, when, when I saw something that somebody posted that I thought was inappropriate, but I thought it was well-intentioned and just poor judgment, um, I'll take the post down, like I say, to protect them and, and to kind of protect the rest of my tribe. But then I'll have an offline conversation with them and say, hey, I think this is inappropriate and here's why, yeah. right? And, and we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, be, be, Which is a good approach. Right? Because otherwise, then, you know, they, they don't know. And if, if, they don't, if they don't care, that's fine. That's a choice. But, you know, if, if they don't know, well, then the feedback is a gift, right? That's an opportunity to, to learn and, and to understand, um, to become more self-aware of... Yeah you know, how we're commuting on social media. Absolutely. Right. Well, a couple more. Better move on. Sarah, <laughs> tip number five, curate <laughs> your content. All right. We are, we're going, well, actually I wanted to say one more thing on engaging with others, because <laughs> I think that we are also missing the mark when it comes to sharing and resharing. I think that if you want to share somebody's post, really think about putting a comment to it. Put your own two cents on it. Why did you like the post? Why didn't you like the post? What else, what's your perspective on that post? Because I think that if you just hit the share button and share the post, you're not going to get as much because you want to also entice engagement on your side. And so when you share a post and you put your comments there, then you're going to start getting engagement on your posts and you're going to be able to talk to your community and things like that. So really consider commenting on the reshares. The other engagement, I'm going to go back to Twitter on this one. Try some Twitter chats. There are some great conversations in Twitter chats where there's a moderator, they throw out questions. You can find them by hashtags. Companies put them on, associations put them on. I know that FIT, the Forum for International Trade Training, has a Twitter chat. Um, and I think the hashtag is trade ready. And um, you get to speak to people all over Twitter globally about supply chain and global trade and international trade. And some of the conversations get really, really interesting. So if you haven't tried a Twitter chat, try a Twitter chat. And then the last thing I want to say is I've noticed people are liking their own posts and comments. Daniel, I noticed you doing that today. Why are people doing this? Um, so it, it, it was a tip that I got from somebody else that, Part of um, that, that it, it just helps to draw attention to your posts from the algorithms that spread the messages around. So, yeah. um, it, you know, if somebody is saying something and you like it, meaning you, you, you like what they are saying, by providing the feedback of, of hitting like on the comment or the post, what you're actually doing is telling LinkedIn it's something interesting that more people should see. Well, you can do that for your own posts as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Cause I've seen that more and more these days. And I was like, I kind of feel weird liking my own comments and posts, but Hey, they're saying great stuff. If you don't have <laughs> confidence to like it, right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So the next point, cause we kind of went through three and four all in that little blurb. Um, so number five is curate content. How do you want to get your voice out there? Um, we're going to talk about finding your voice next, but curate some content. How do you want to, what do you like to do? Do you like to write? Do you like to just speak? Do you like to, 
Um, engage with influencers. Um, you know, pick your poison, right? What is the content and how do you want to do it? But you need to pick something that you're passionate about because consistency with content is key right? You want to be consistent. You want people to be able to see that content consistently, know when it's going to come up. I mean, I have the podcast, so I can use that as an example. And we have an episode that comes out every single Monday. Everybody knows a new episode comes out on Monday, right? On Wednesday, we've got the question of the week. So we're, we're very consistent with that content, although that's something that I do, obviously, <laughs> in my business. But as a professional, I think it's still, um, it's still pertinent, right? It's still important as to how you want to get your voice out there. So what do you choose? Do you choose blogs? Do you choose podcasts? Do you choose vlogs, right? Now there's so much more you can do on video. Do you choose lives? I mean, lives are great. They were a little intimidating at first, I have to say, but I'd also done live TV twice before I started doing LinkedIn lives. And, uh, but my first one was a little strange, <laughs> but we're going to talk about how to really get into the LinkedIn lives. And the other thing too, is when you think about writing content or curating content on your own, how are you going to repurpose that? right? You can take some audio, you can take some video that you're curating, you can take a blog and turn it into audio, take a blog, turn it into a vlog, or you're talking about the article, you use pieces of that article to really, um, you know, power forward your thoughts during that vlog. And so um, I think that, you know, really, when you're curating content, that's, that's really, I think, think for me, um, I know there was a quick, I don't know what you want to sort of throw in there, Daniel. Um, I, I like all of that, but I, and, and I, I would tie it back to the conversation about the different platforms, right? right. So, um, you, you know, you, you, the, the way that you would present content um, optimally on LinkedIn might be different than the way that you'd present it on Twitter or Instagram or someplace else. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to your point, a lot of times you can take the same ideas, even the same words, yeah. present them in a different way, whether it's text or video or audio. Um, and, it, you know, to us, it can feel kind of redundant, but actually it's new people hearing it, right? Or yeah. new people reading it. And so it really is an important part of engaging. And, and it's also a relatively easy way to um, to boost the amount of content that you're putting out there. Yeah, and one graphic that I came across last week um, that I shared with some of my my circle, and it came from Now Marketing Group. It was the four E's, the four E rule of post engagement. I can't remember exactly where I saw it, but it was experts engage, educate, and entertain. So when you're looking to curate content and you're looking to write content, think of those four E's, right? Um, if, if you're not the expert, who can you maybe interview that is the expert on that particular topic that you're passionate about or somebody that you want to get in front of, you know, to interview, to pick their brain, but share it with your community. Don't just keep it for yourself. Um, you know, entertain. How are you going to entertain people? What do you feel comfortable doing? Um, how are you going to engage with them? You know, so there's there's a lot of things to think about when you're going to get into content. But I also think don't let that stop you. Just do it. Um, I can tell you my first episodes, some of my firsts in some of the things that I've done from lives to vlogs to podcasts to video series they haven't been the greatest, but at the end of the day, I've posted them. And, you know, I'm proud of where I came from and where I am now, and I continue to learn and continue to, to improve it. And people will appreciate that, I think. Well, you're jumping ahead. Am I? Six point. No. Which is good, because we need to keep moving along here. <laughs> yes, we do. When we talked, I was like, there's no way this is going to be more than half an hour. And I'm looking at it. <laughs> Three minutes in, we got to... We got to keep going. Folks have, have jobs to get back to. Um, our, the, the sixth uh, point that we were going to make is finding your voice. And yeah. exactly what you were saying, right? Um, you know, what, what is that mix of educating and entertaining? Professional versus personal. That makes it engaging. Being comfortable with who you are. 
right? It, it is what it is. Put it out there. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. That's right. right. I like that. With all of the fancy hardware and software and different fonts and text, I know all of us can get sucked into spending hours tweaking stuff. When at the end of the day, for a lot of this stuff, just get it out and be who you are and be human. And, you know, if, if there's a flub, if there's a mistake, a lot of times you can just delete it. Or you could apologize. And yeah. keep going. <laughs> or edit. Edit is my friend's sometimes. <laughs> but experiment, play, be authentic. And then, you know, the, the last tip that I'd have around finding your voice is when we work in, uh, you know, the, the world of social media, it is a global conversation. Uh, so I, I noticed that when, when glancing at the folks that are joining us, right? Um, Hans Kramer is one of the folks that's dialed in. Well, Hans is in the Netherlands. Hans and I met in Singapore, um, and and we've crossed paths several times in the U.S., right? Yeah. Um, and so anytime that, that you're saying something, that you're having a conversation, I, I think it is worthwhile to remember there are lots of people all over the world that, that um, might you, you need to think about how you're saying what you're saying so that it, it um, so that you can really engage those folks in the conversation. Absolutely. Well, and look at us now. I am sitting just outside of Toronto and I believe you're in North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, we're having a global conversation. That's what supply okay. chain is all about. All right. Okay. So number seven, I just want to touch on Instagram for B2B because it's taken me some time to really figure this out and try to try to massage it to where it needs to be. And I've had a lot, I've talked to a lot of people about Instagram, so I'm not going to spend too, too much time on it, but I think that it's important. Um, there's a lot of people on Instagram. There's a lot of ways to use Instagram. And so if you like Instagram, some of the things to use, some of the top tips I would say would be that your feed needs to be visually pleasing. So when you're thinking about the posts that you're putting on Instagram, you need to also consider what your feed looks like from a visually pleasing standpoint. And so what I've had to do over the last little bit is really determine which posts that I want to show up in my feed. And so some of that is, I think we determined that we were doing Mondays, Wednesdays and Thursdays potentially just to keep the feed visually pleasing and um, consistent, right? If you know what I mean, because people go and look at your feed and they scroll through it and they want to see consistency and they want it to be visually pleasing. And that's usually when they're going to follow you. Um, and then where do you use stories? So I had trouble with that too, right? I was putting everything on my feed and then stories came out and then, you know, am I doing feed and stories, just stories? So anything that doesn't go into my content schedule for my Instagram feed is designated to stories or IGTV, depending on the length of the video. So sometimes my supply chain minute, sometimes, or sometimes Irina's supply chain minute and my recap go over the one minute mark. And so I'll use IGTV to post that video and I'll link it in my stories. So the stories will cut it off at one minute, but I'll link it to the full video in the stories. And so there's like, there's a lot that you can do with Instagram. There's so much to know, but those are just kind of the highlights um, to Instagram and how to use it from a B2B perspective in supply chain. I think the retailers, B2C, they've really gotten that down pat. They can tag products, things like that. But for supply chain, it's a little bit different. So just wanted to sort of talk about that. And I know that you have done a lot with LinkedIn Learning. And LinkedIn Learning is huge. I've seen some of the comments on here and everybody is loving LinkedIn Learning. So why don't you, why don't you talk about that? Tell us, how did you even get into it? Yeah, so I, for me, this is actually one of the things that is really changing about social media is, you know, it, we talk about LinkedIn, like when I got on, it was a resume site. And now it is a career management site, right? Because it includes your professional network and job postings and your resume and 
LinkedIn Learning. So the story yeah. there for, for folks that don't know, there was a, a company out in Carpinteria, California called Lynda.com. I'll give you three guesses what the name of the founder was. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, and so uh, Linda was, you know, a couple hours north of Hollywood. So she had access to great equipment and really talented uh, video production folks. And she started bringing in instructors um, who taught like, um, I, I think a lot of the early stuff was like Excel and Word, right? And, um, and they started creating online courses, but better quality than most of the stuff that you would find like on YouTube. Um, and so the, the library just kept growing and growing and it became really, really popular uh, to the point that LinkedIn bought them about three years ago. And has rebranded this as LinkedIn Learning and has supercharged the, the rate at which new courses are being created. So um, a, a few years ago, I got an email um, on LinkedIn, a, a LinkedIn message from somebody at lynda.com saying, you know, we're, we're interested in supply chain management. And you've got some background there. Would you be interested in being a, a, a lynda.com instructor. And, and my reaction was absolutely yes, because I had been a customer, right? Yeah. I had seen these videos. I said, this is great. And I'm a supply chain evangelist. So anytime that I have a chance to get on a new platform and share with a new group of people, I give me that microphone, I'm going, right? <laughs> um, and so I, I, we just crossed over, I think the three year anniversary of, of that email. Um, and I, I have recorded 11 courses now. I think wow. in the library, we've got two more coming all around supply chain management and project management, right? Because those yeah. two end up being so closely linked. And, and I love it because, you know, now, like, uh, you know, when you teach in a university, right, it's really typical that you'll have like 20 students in your class um, per semester. And, and maybe you teach a couple of sections. But, you know, over the course of a year, if, if you're able to reach 100 students, that's a lot, right? With LinkedIn Learning, I've, you know, in a couple of years, I've taught a million people all wow. around the world, right? And, and it feeds into all of these other great things about social media. It's yeah. not just that they were a student who watched a video and moved on. They're now part of my network. They're sharing with me. I'm learning from them. I'm watching their careers advance. I'm seeing as they transition. Um, and, and based on their feedback, I get ideas for new courses, right? Where is there a need? What else you know, do, do we need to be talking about? How is the profession changing? Um, so the, the plug for LinkedIn Learning, if you've got a, a LinkedIn Premium membership, um, I know Steve mentioned that, that he does. So he knows, but with LinkedIn Premium, you get access to the whole LinkedIn Learning Library. But I got to tell you, like students in universities, part of what I love about it is most universities these days, at least from what I can tell, include LinkedIn Learning as a part of the resources available to students. It's true where I'm doing my doctorate at Cranfield. It's true at MIT. It's true at Harvard. Like, Lots and lots of universities. So if you're a student, you can go take your regular classes, spend time with your professors. But it's sort of like, you know, when when I was doing my undergraduate, we had Cliff's Notes, right? Yeah. yeah. Now it's LinkedIn Learning, right? And there are classes that, where you can go and, and bone up on the stuff or get kind of a shorthand version of it so that you're better prepared when you come into the classroom. Well, and you have quite the community behind you because there's a lot of people on there saying that you should go and do Daniel's courses on LinkedIn, get the premium and go and check out that, those courses. So that is awesome. And I think the next one, number nine, just to keep it rolling, we're talking about LinkedIn Lives. I mean, we're doing one today. So and how does it even hurt? And it's your fault. You what? This is my first LinkedIn Live and it's <laughs> your fault. You're the reason I'm here. 
Well, I, you know, I just think that they're an amazing way for us to connect and really talk about these topics. Like you said, you know, you and I were having this conversation. We were like, man, I wish we had, you know, recorded it or been able to just provide it or just have it on our LinkedIn page. And so this is a great way to do that. But if you're thinking about doing a LinkedIn Live, just want to quickly go over some of the tips and tricks to doing those. Plan them out. I made that mistake in my first two. (laughs) I just sort of went on and started talking. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to talk about, but, you know, they worked out kind of well. But then they were authentic. They were very authentic, let me tell you. I think I had a cat jump up behind me in one of them. Um, But plan them out. Plan your content. You want to plan out your graphics to promote it, right? So you want to be promoting it at least two weeks ahead of time, like we did, right? We had a couple of graphics going and and we promoted it. I mean, maybe we weren't within two weeks, but we would suggest mostly (laughs) to do it two weeks out. Um, Engage with the audience like we've been doing with all of these great comments. I mean, everybody is coming together, not only to hear from us, but they also want to hear from the community. So make sure that you're not, um, you know, not maybe mentioning every single comment, but, you know, engaging with people on the platform, answering their questions, saying hi, you know, talking about what they're doing, because what they're doing is also interesting. And we can tie that whole conversation together. Um, Length, I mean, we are at 50 minutes right now, which was not exactly (laughs) expected, although maybe we should have thought it might go that long. I don't know. Um, But from my past LinkedIn lives, 20 minute mark is um, really where it's at and where you get the most engagement. Although with this one, this is the longest one I've ever done. And we actually increased engagement after the half an hour mark. So it pays to be long winded, right, Daniel? Uh, (laughs) For both of us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, as long as there's useful content, right? And yes, yes, yes. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then I think the last thing to mention is just to have fun with it and try different things, right? I mean, you and I didn't really over-prepare too much. Um, we had a set, you know, schedule of the 10 things that we really wanted to get out there in this conversation, um, but we didn't over-prepare. It's not canned. It's a conversation. So have fun with it. And um, yeah, that's kind of it for me on the LinkedIn Live. And so number 10, Daniel, you get out of it what you put into it. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. And, and, you know, it's true for probably everything in life. Um, but I, I think that's that's kind of the mantra for social media, right, is knowing how much benefit we can get from social media in 2020 as supply chain professionals. Um, I think we owe it to ourselves to have a plan for making sure that we're engaging, right? And that doesn't mean doing everything or trying to do everything, but it does mean doing something more than nothing. Um, And and I I know with the group that we've got here, we're preaching to the choir, right? This is a group of people that is on LinkedIn that maybe saw the post and put it on their calendar or saw the announcement come up and, and click to come in. Um, but whether it's LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram, or for those who are allowed to post to Reddit, um, <laughs> right. Um, but, but understanding that, you know, rather than it being sort of a random thing that happens through the day, really viewing it as part of the investment that you're making in professional development. Yeah. And in yourself, and in yourself, absolutely. Um, I, you know, one of the things that that I've absolutely seen is, you know, we we talk about living in an Uber economy where there are more and more freelancers, right? What, whatever, yes. it, and where people are moving jobs faster and faster um, because that's how you advance, and companies, you know, don't have the same uh, level of we'll call it loyalty to mm-hmm. to long term employment. So. Um, Having that network in place, having that brand in place really can be the key to smoothing through some of those transitions, identifying, you know, new opportunities when you're ready to go or identifying the next opportunity when, when you got to go. Um, yeah. I noticed that Dooner is on. One of the things that, that I love I, with one of the recent uh, trucking firms that, that went under, um, Freight Waves, I think, I think it was Celadon. 
Freight Waves put up uh, a, a job placement board. They, yeah, did, the same, they did something similar when Falcon went under. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, they, they said, okay, we're going to use social media to help these people who were, you know, jobless for no fault of their own yeah. find their next position and do it quickly. And the community really came together. And I'm, I'm going to throw something out here too. I mean, just look at the engagement and the comments from the community just for this LinkedIn Live. I mean, if you really want to know how to use LinkedIn to the fullest potential, just take a look at the comments. Take a look at the people that have commented and engaged with us today. See what they're doing. See how they're conversing. And they're also providing valuable hints and tips and tricks, just like we are. I mean, Derek's been doing it the whole way through. So, you know, it's not just about you and I having a conversation. It's about everybody jumping into that conversation and us being able to learn from each other. I mean, you and I don't know everything. We've got these top 10 that we've put together that, you know, have helped us and how we've done things and, and uh, how it has worked for us. But we also want to hear from everybody else that has commented that, you know, can provide some more valuable insight on things that maybe we don't even know. And so I think this is just a great example today of how we can come together as a community, talk about these topics and learn from each other. So, you know, I, I love this. And like you said, you get out of it what you put into it. And these guys are the perfect example, right? All of us are that perfect example today of, of what we're doing and how we, how we can help. So just quickly, before we ramp, ramp down, I don't know. If I got to throw in, I got to throw in because okay. Jennifer from Legility. Just going to go there. Right. And, and she posted on LinkedIn. She's like, I can't be on the live, but yeah. I want to know who you guys follow. And, yeah. and so, you know, in, in typical Daniel fashion, I started making a list. Right. Because, you know, that and then like on page two of the list, I said, this is stupid. Jennifer, I follow everybody. <laughs> everybody. I use social media for <laughs> And I love that. I love that. But again, this goes back to what I was just saying, right? You know, the, 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 the community that have come together on this LinkedIn Live with all their comments, all their replies, and, you know, talking to each other, those are the people that you want to go connect with. Those are the people that you want to learn from as well. Go and connect with them, right? These are all supply chain people that are passionate about supply chain that are, you know, just making it happen, not only for themselves, but for all of us. So I would say to that is, you know, check out the feed for this LinkedIn Live. Go follow these guys. Um, I also think, you know, Supply Chain Now, the guys over at Supply Chain Now, they're doing a really great job of spreading industry information. Um, I know I'm going to be doing an upcoming series with them. So that's and doing a lot college of fun. football picks. Sorry? And doing college football picks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I don't really <laughs> like football, but anyways... So actually, one more question before we go, we had from the audience. Do you think someday we might not need resumes or just LinkedIn profiles? I love that one. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's some people that don't aren't on social media, so that might be a little bit of a challenge. But I think that LinkedIn really could replace those resumes. What do you think? Yeah, I think in a lot of cases it already has, right? Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, the the... I'm a, I'm a belt and suspenders kind of guy, especially on, you know, a high stakes thing like a job interview. Yeah. So I think um, if you don't know, there's actually a feature in LinkedIn where you can just turn your LinkedIn profile into a resume and it looks really sharp. They've got templates that you can choose from. So, you know, it's gone from you create a resume and then you translate that into LinkedIn to you maintain your LinkedIn profile. And then anytime you need a resume, you just hit a button and it converts it. And then, you know, the question is, do you need a hard copy or is a PDF good enough? Well, you know, if, if you're working remotely, doing a job interview over Skype, right? We be, As you move into that digital world, yeah, the, the analog paper resumes certainly can become a thing of the past. Um, but if, if you're interviewing in, a, in an office, I, I would still say, show up for the interview uh, paper. <laughs> <laughs> it crashes that day. 
<laughs> that is some very good tips. Well, I have to tell you that you and I might just have to do this again because we are getting a lot of comments about how they're looking forward to the next one. So we might want to talk about that. But on that note, I just want to thank everybody for joining us today. I don't know about you, Daniel, but I had a lot of fun and I hope we provided value to the community today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sarah, for, for making this happen. I appreciate it. It was a blast. I hope everybody else enjoyed it. It was great to kind of be in the room with all of these friends, all the members of our tribe having this talk. What a great way to kick off 2020. If you liked this episode, make sure to go to the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page because every single month we are talking to a new supply chain professional on our LinkedIn lives. The next one is with Irina Roska, the host of the Supply Chain Minute, and that's going to be on February 18th at 3 p.m. Eastern. So hopefully we will see you there. Next week, we are talking about procurement and how the new style is to buy collaboratively. And Yuna, Anthony from Yuna, is going to be here to tell us all about what they are doing and how they are making buying so much easier, so much more efficient, and so much more cost-effective for you. So stay tuned for that. That one comes out next week. If you want to support the show, there's several ways to do that. Follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Sign up for our newsletter at the website, letstalksupplychain.com, or subscribe to us at the SC Supply Chain TV on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Next, go to ships.com. That's S-H-I-P-Z.com. If you are a mid-market shipper or a freight forwarder that's looking for efficiencies, you are not going to want to miss being on this platform. So sign up to be one of the first to know once we have launched our beta. Next, go to shop under letstalksupplychain.com for our supply chain dictionary, which is 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions. Plus, we've got some amazing and fun merch for all the supply chain professionals in your life. And lastly, rate and review. Go to iTunes, rate and review the show, and your review will be mentioned on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.